Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Are you in? All right, let's grow. God bless you guys. Have a seat. Hey, I want to tell you something before I get into the message. Saturday morning, you guys, Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, we're having something special here. I was over at, over at City Hall at the mayor's office on Monday uh, for a meeting, and, and they said, hey, you know, uh, we're wanting to have a town hall here in a couple weeks, or would you, would you guys be able to host it at City Life? And so I said, well, I'll have to pray about it. No, I didn't say that. I, I, I said, absolutely. So so uh, mayor is going to be here, Mayor Price is going to be here Saturday morning at 10, along with uh, Councilwoman Anzeda, who is the councilwoman for District 9, which is this downtown area, and then kind of going south. If you're in District 9, you need to be here. Really, you need to be here. Don't, just like, don't like, well, I have, no, no, you need to be here. And, and here's, here's something else that's really cool. It's just that, just think about this. I mean, God has blessed us with relationship with, uh, with, you know, with the mayor and with, with city council people. And, and, and that, that's something we need to take advantage of. I, I think that's something, you know, we as a church, one of the things that we believe about the, our unique identity as a downtown church that believes the Bible is that God has called us to build relationships with the influencers of the city because we, because we choose to influence the influencers, and that's how culture changes. It does. It does. Sociologists have shown that already. So what we're doing is this gives us an opportunity just to be here with the mayor Saturday morning at 10 right here, and, uh, and I just want you to come. Now listen, here's the deal. Do not come as city lifers. You just come as, as people from Fort Worth who just love, love your city because we do love our city. And, and here's, here's another little quickie. If, if they're, if, like, these are people from the community that are going to be here. If any, like, people start getting grouchy and mad and grouchy, here's what you guys, you get, just, just, just ask a question or, or turn the tide and get something going positive, all right? All right, you know, because political stuff, sometimes the grouches come out, but we're not grouches, right? All right, you guys, guys with me on that? All right, it's good, good. Let's do that. Saturday morning at 10 right here. Uh, Mayor Price having her caffeinated town hall. Plenty of caffeine coming directly from Buongiorno. So uh, today, as I get into this, this, uh, this last message of the Limitless series, just want to remind you that my theme for this, this series has really been this, this, this line right here, is you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, we also know that the truth is not just a statement, but it's Jesus. Jesus is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And so when we know Jesus, we know the truth. The truth will actually set us free. So it's really about revealing the heart of God. And it's about tearing off limiting labels that are on our lives and replacing them with what I call limitless labels. Uh, just a quick recap, we've, we've torn off the label of afraid that limits us and we've said, no, well, I want the limitless label of courageous. We've torn off the limiting label of addicted and I want the limitless label of free. We've torn off and ripped off the old limiting label of purposelessness and, and, and put a new label on it that says full of purpose and we've tore off the old label of being insecure and we've put on a new label saying I'm secure and we've torn off that ugly label of saying I'm damaged goods and put a new label on us saying I am 
restored. If you've missed any of the messages from this series, I really encourage you to get the podcast because it's, it's, uh, you just need, need to hear these messages. But today we're removing a label that I call consumer. We're tearing off the consumer label and we're replacing it with a label called generous. Now, if you think of someone who consumes, uh, you know, you can conjure up all kinds of images in your mind. And, and, and really, as I'm using this term consumer, I'm not using it from a, a, a really a scientific or economical term that's sometimes used. Now, I'm using it a little bit differently today, as I'm going to explain. But I did an image search to start off my studying on this. I, I t- did an image search in Google to see what Google attaches to images that say consumer. And, and I saw all kinds of interesting images, pictures of people buying food primarily, uh, uh, people handing over money, people with just armloads of merchandise, and people with just stuff, people getting stuff, and, and people trying to select from hundreds of options. And, and lots of, I'm telling you guys, about 90% were likes of really happy women getting lots of stuff. I, I don't, can't figure that one out there, but uh, others of them were pictures of just like bloated people that were just kid, like eating and eating, and, and, and others, pictures of people that were in this cons- consumption mentality, just wanting more and more and more and more. And, and really, it's because of this consumeristic culture in the U.S. that, you know, we're just, we're right in the middle of it. We're right here in the middle of a, one of America's largest cities. Uh, and, and in the midst of this, a new term has arrived on the scene in our culture, and it's the term giving back. Can I talk about it just for just a second? See, I think the intentions of that terminology is good, uh, but I, don't, I personally don't use the term. You won't hear me use it. I know people use it all around me that I associate with here in town, but I don't give back because I didn't take anything. You know, It's just a little bit twisted. It's, it's, it really goes back to this, what I'm talking about today, this consumer mindset of I take, I consume, I feel guilty. I need to feel better, so I give back. My answer to all of that is no. <laughs> I'm not much for that terminology because I'm not a taker, so I don't need to give back. And in the midst of all of this, there is this new, I would call it a derogatory definition of consumerism that has arrived on the scene. And it's, it's basically like this. It's one who's preoccupied with getting. It's this thing of I want, I want, I want. Me, 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 now, now, now. I need more, 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 and I'm not satisfied. Give me options. I demand more for me. But after all, we want to look good, and we have an image to uphold. We, we, have to, we want to drive the certain make of vehicle or wear a certain brand of clothing or only go to a certain type of restaurant, and, and then you're only going to shop at the cool grocery store, you know? And, and really, the list could go on and on. But, but guys, can, please understand me here. I'm not against excellence. I'm not against selecting whatever you like. I, I'm not jabbing at anyone or anything about making quality purchase decisions at all. That's not where I'm heading with this. But, but the truth is, is when we are consumed with being a consumer, we're in a tough spot. And we need to get more. And so we work more so we can earn more, so we can feel like we can get more. And then we, we need more credit so we can consume more. And, and we think that that's going to make us feel satisfied, but it never really does. Instead, what happens then is we feel Guilty, or we feel bloated, and we we just we just feel empty, and so we want to then give back to ease the guilt. And I'm just telling you guys, that is a miserable way to live, and I, I don't ascribe to that at all because because this consumer label makes you out to be a taker. Because consumers, what do they do? Consume. <laughs> Instead, I choose something totally different, and it's the term generous. It's the label generous. I, I don't want this newly defined term, this label consumer, to be put on my life. I don't want the word taker to be put on me. 
So here's my challenge for you today. It's very simple. I want you to change your label from consumer to generous. In fact, I'm going to ask you to embrace something that I call limitless generosity. And that's really where we're heading today. Uh, but in order to do this, I need to dispel some myths. I don't like myths. I want them to be gone. And I want to dispel some myths about generosity. Because some people feel that generosity is like some kind of a vow of poverty. It means you got to give away every single little extra thing that you have and live in total poverty. Well, that's not. That's not, that's not generosity. Uh, others might feel like generosity is some kind of obnoxious ball and chain you've got to pull around. It's something you don't enjoy, but you've got to do, and, and you have to do it. No, no, the truth is, is, is that generosity is actually pure joy, so it's not that at all. Uh, others, others might think that generosity is only for the economically affluent, and those who have huge excess, those who have oil wells on their property, like everyone thinks all of us in Texas do anyway, and, 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 that, and, that, and that's, uh, that's just this attitude of, of well, it's, it's just for those folks out there. No, no, that's not correct. See, really, we need to look at generosity different. And really, really, it's this. Generosity is all about prioritization. Think about it, most of us really want to be generous. We, we have thoughts and imaginations of generosity, but for some reason we can't seem to make it happen. Uh, after, because after we've, we've uh, done all of the essentials in our life and we've gotten all those things into place, we don't really have anything much left to be generous with. And so we're empty-handed. And so we say, well, maybe later or next time or next time. But, but the truth is, is that generosity actually is something that's predetermined. It's planned, and it's calculated. In fact, the scriptures even tell us this. You know, margin is created in our lives for the purpose of generosity. It must be a priority. The Bible says this. Uh, the prophet Isaiah said it really, really well. I like the way he puts it. He says, generous people plan. That's a good one right there. Generous people plan to do what is generous? See, there, there are two verbs there. there. There's the planning and then there's the doing. The generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. So if something is a priority for me, I'm going to plan it. I'm going to stand firm in it because it's simply, uh, it's, it's what I prioritize to do. It's at the top of my list. And for me, generosity is a priority for me. It's, it's just something, it's just who I am. In fact, when it comes to the generosity that I express through my giving is, is I, I give my tithes to this ministry in advance of Sundays. I, I, don't, I, don't, I do it during the week. In fact, I have it set up where I give recurring, on a recurring uh, basis electronically. It happens automatically once a week. A little email comes to me and said, you just gave. I went, Ooh, okay, great. great. And that, what, what I don't like about that is it's kind of cool because when I get here on Sundays, I can simply respond to God's prompting. And, and then when I feel inspired or motivated to give, I give extra. It's kind of cool, and, and the truth is, it's very liberating. Here's, here's, here's the honest truth. It's never a pain or a drudgery, never. I, I don't ever have guilt associated with my giving and with generosity, because why? It's been a priority since the very beginning. It's just the way that I think. And you do that, too, in certain areas of life, and we, we all do. Here, I want you to think of it this way. If you go to a restaurant, you're going to plan to pay, right? You do. 
When I go to a restaurant, here I actually have a little strategy that I work through. I, I plan in advance to pay my bill. In fact, I, I usually look at the restaurant on Yelp, and, and I go in there and see how many little dollar signs are there, so I figure out how much it's going to cost, and, and, and do I have the, the, the money to pay for it? And, and I always figure in, okay, an extra 20% for the gratuity. That's, the, that's my basic. That's my bottom line. That's, that's what I'm going to, to give at, at least that. It's planned. It's planned in advance before I walk in the door. And if I don't have that much money, I don't even even go to that restaurant. Instead, I go to Taco Bell or make myself a tuna sandwich. You know, that's, that's really how it works. Because when I'm at the restaurant, I pay. Why? Because I've received a meal, and I knew I was going to receive a meal. And I'm also in this place that has a nice air conditioning and roof and uh, over me and chairs and tables, and, and they have functioning restrooms usually, and they have uh, uh, clean carpets. And, and, and the thing is, I also choose to be generous to the server because that's their job. They've taken care of the needs of my table. And even if they did a bad job, they still get 20%. They get more if they do good. <laughs> be my server sometime. See, I don't skip out on the bill. I, it, why? It's because I'm not there to consume. Consuming is not my identity. I'm not a taker. So when you come to church, also, you're also fed, but you're actually what you're receiving is spiritual food, food that is really life-changing. It's not going to temporarily satisfy you, but it's something that's life-transforming. And we also have air conditioning and children's ministries and working restrooms and clean chairs, and we have nice video and audio systems. Now, a consumer... Or let's say a taker might say, hey, it's all freed. I get to come to the door and enjoy it. And, but the truth is, if, if someone says that, they've obviously never run a business. And, and the truth is, you would never say that at a restaurant. Because at church, a generous person will give, even though we don't have a set price. And we will never issue a bill. And here's the cool thing, is anyone who's a taker is welcomed and never condemned, but only challenged. See how that works? Try running your business that way, it doesn't work. But the kingdom of God, it does work. <laughs> That's kind of cool. See, what we do here, what we do is actually remind everyone of what God tells us from the scriptures about how, how, this, how being generous can liberate our lives and, and, and alleviate this tyranny of self-absorption of being, of being a taker to simply move into generosity. And... And we do it simply according to how we have already been blessed financially on an individual basis. So the amount, I guess you could say, is different for every single person. I don't know what your amount is. With me, what I've done is I've established, though, is that generosity must be a priority. So I plan to be generous. I stand firm in my generosity, and I am very glad to wear the generous label in my life. There's another thing about generosity also is that generosity reciprocates. Uh, when you're generous, I don't even understand all the details of how this works, but blessings just simply come back your way. Really, it's quite amazing. Uh, when the Apostle Paul, who is the greatest church planter of all time in the New Testament, he was teaching one of his churches about generosity, he used this illustration. He, he said, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Now here's the contrast. But the one, the farmer, who plants generously will get a generous crop. Now, now that makes sense, right? 
I mean, in other words, if you're stingy with the seed, the ground is going to be stingy back to you. But if you're generous with the seed, the ground is going to be generous in return. And in order to, to see that generous return, you have to let go of the seed that's in your hand. In fact, part of the generous... Uh, the way this, this church works is there's a generous return for, for a giving and offerings. And it's really quite amazing. In fact, truth be told, here's, I mean, this is truth. I, there are a lot of people that are on their way to heaven and an eternity with Jesus because this ministry right here provided the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you have given, you are part of the reason why more people are headed to heaven, to eternity. And, my friend, you will receive a generous reward in eternity. How's that for an investment? I mean, show me any business in town, any investment strategy. Go on over to, the, to all the investment offices here in Burnett Plaza you know, tomorrow and try to figure out who can match that. They can't. They can't. In fact, they can't even promise anything remotely close to that. Sorry for you guys who sell those products, but you can't. You can't match it. It's God's kingdom. It's cool. You just sow generously, and you will reap even more generously, both now and in eternity. That's why I'm glad to wear the generous label. It just makes good sense. Also, generosity, it, it, it springs from gratitude. You see, we're grateful people. We're, we're grateful for what God has done in us. And because of that, we just can't help but be generous. We're not angry grumps. We're not ungrateful for God's blessings. No, not at all. I love how Paul says this. He writes this to, to one of the pastors in his day, one of the pastors of a church that he planted. And he, he said this. He says, I am praying that you will, be, will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things that we have in Christ. It's really what God is asking you to do is just to take a very small portion of what is already his, what he's blessed you with, and take that small portion of his blessing and return it to fund his work right here on earth, which goes through the local church. See, generosity is not just for the rich guy. In fact, city life isn't a congregation of wealthy people. I don't think there are any millionaires among us, and if you are, you're hiding very, very well. But here's the truth. We do have a lot of generous folks. So anybody can be generous. Anyone can be, regardless of your financial reserves or your lack thereof. And generosity, it, it's not defined by a dollar amount, but it's simply defined by the proportion of the giver's income. And Jesus, when he was, uh, when he was on earth, he, he was hanging out around the offering receptacle one day. And, and, uh, and there's this little story that's given to us in Luke chapter 21. I want you guys to look at this. It says, while Jesus was in the temple, he watched rich people. Those are the guys with the big bucks, which we don't have any of. But we're watching the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. Tension rises. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. He, he's telling his disciples this, teaching them about generosity. He said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. That's all of them combined. She gave more. So it's not the amount. You guys you see that? All, this has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny portion of their surplus. But she, as poor as she is, has given everything 
She has. I mean, guys, anyone can be generous. And so I challenge you today to move into a lifestyle of generosity beginning today. Now, change your label from consumer to generous, to simply be generous in your giving. In fact, today I am going to challenge you to set a generosity goal. That's one of the things I'm going to challenge you with at the end of the message. I'm going to ask you to stretch yourself to a new level of giving just by putting that goal in writing for yourself. And, and, and the way to start is with this thing that we call the tithe, because a tithe is a tenth of what we earn, and, and, and it is supposed to go back to the place where we receive spiritual food. And, and if you're visiting here today and this is not the place where you receive spiritual food, well, then the tithe doesn't belong. It belongs at your, your local church. And, and in fact, the Bible even tells us that it's a lesson for us. Because tithing, what it actually does for us is it teaches us and reminds us and causes us to put God first. It helps us to keep everything in perspective and in the right order. I mean, Moses, he explained this to, to God's people. And, and the, the way he did it is with these terms. He said, bring the tithe to the designated place of worship. And that's a little pause right there. So this was established a long time ago. You bring your tithe to your designated place of worship. It doesn't go to, your tithe doesn't go to the Cancer Society or to some philanthropic organization, philanthropic organization. But it, it, although I give to those things and I care about, oh, I love all that, but then my tithe doesn't go there. It goes to the designated place of worship. And he says, doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. So what I actually do with my money has huge implications regarding my relationship with God. I want to, I want to just tell you the truth. I've been a pastor for a while. I, I earned this gray hair up my beard, guys, and it's not frosted hair. Here's the truth. I've never met a spiritually mature Christian who is not generous. Never. I believe it is a fundamental criteria for spiritual maturity. I've just seen it over and over. Now, as a church, one of the things is we are actually growing in this area of generosity, but I want to challenge you to grow more deeply into that. I want to challenge our church to become more generous because as we grow in generosity, it will actually begin to parallel the effectiveness of our church and the maturity of our church, which means we are going to even be able to do more and expand God's work. Now, I want to just share with you some basic facts, just some stats. Is that okay? I've never shared any stats like this before, but as we're growing, I, I think it would be good just to share some quick stats. I ran some, some numbers just a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and I just ran it on family units within the church, whether it was an individual or, or, a, or a couple, you know, it's just a family. Like if you're single, you know, you're one family. If you're husband and wife and have kids, you're, you know, that's a family. And there were four things I discovered. Here, here are the four. You want to know what I discovered? Okay. You're going to find out whether you want to or not. There are four stats, really interesting, that help me to understand kind of where we are. Here's stat number one. We have 150, excuse me, 145 families that have given to City Life so far this year. That's as of the end of June. And that's pretty awesome. Do you realize that represents somewhere between three and 400 people? And for a new church, starting out and getting our feet on the ground and getting up and rolling, that's good. Now, stat number two. Maybe they've got it up there for you already. Here's something interesting. 22 families have given 75% of our total offerings this year. Now, and I was going, well, that's a little bit of an imbalance. I really didn't expect to see that, considering that as I looked through the list, like, well, who are they? Do we have, like, millionaires among us? I looked at the list, like, no, we don't have any economically affluent people in, you know, no, no. And, and they're just tithers. They're just generally generous people. They're like normal people. In fact, some of them are abnormally normal. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> but, but that's pretty cool. I, yet, on the other hand, I'm going, Wow. 
22 families are carrying 75% of the, the ministry burden, but they're also, I would say, they're getting 75% of the blessing. All right, take a look at this. Stat number three. Look at this. Our annualized median offering, to annualize it and say the offering right in the middle, median offering per family would be $264. Now, that's really more sobering because, honestly, if we were all tithers, that would make us more of some of the most impoverished people in America. So they're like, well, I know that's not true. And stat number four is this, is if the median giving actually reflects legitimate tithes, which it doesn't, and I know it doesn't, but if it were to, the average annual household income for city life families would be a whopping (laughs) $2,640. Yeah, some of you make, you know, that much in a week. And so you're going, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Now, I'm confident that that is not the case. Therefore, here's what I'm challenging you to do. Tear off your label of consumer and replace it with the generous label. And just simply commit to do so now for the end of the year and test God on it. Yeah, put God to the test. See, Jesus said this. He said, don't store up treasures here on this earth. Don't, don't do that because when you do that, you know, that, that's going to get rusty and moths are going to eat it and, and there's going to be decay and, and instead store up for yourself treasures in eternity. You know, sow your, your finances into eternal purposes because there's, thieves aren't going to get it. There's not going to be any decay there because he says this at the end of the scripture, he says, wherever your treasure is, that's your finances, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So in other words, wherever you put your money is where your heart is, and the two absolutely cannot be separated. So my, my challenge is for you to think on your own. I don't know this, but you would. Is your heart in the work of God? Are you willing to give to your local church? Are you just willing to do so? In fact, here's some interesting things. I, I don't even understand this. I, I can't really catch what's going on here, but it's, this first came on my radar about two months ago is our Our church is now gaining some local attention from people all across our cities and primarily of large churches in our cities. And and they're they're trying to figure out why we've been so so successful because they don't think we should be. And they they think, well, there are some things that we have done. We are actually reaching and engaging elements of the community and of the city that even the largest churches in towns can't can't penetrate. In fact, they've even sent spies among us. If you're a spy here today, I welcome you in the name of Jesus, you know, and, and, and we're glad to have you uh, tithe before you get this. No, but, but, uh, but, but, you know, you just kind of look at that and go, what's, what's going on? I don't know. In fact, in fact, someone, it was funny. I found this out yesterday in, in a meeting with some of our leaders I, uh, there, that, that some people scheduled a meeting with one of our leaders to said, okay, we're from such and such church here and, and we're, we're over here to try to find out your secret because we, you, we know you guys have a secret sauce. And I said, a secret sauce? I'm like, yeah. They asked us, what is our secret sauce? I'm like, that's just weird. I don't know. I mean, we like the Bible. We kind of like love Jesus. I, I, I don't know. But the, but the cool thing is, is that God's blessing what we're doing here. We're doing things that a lot of churches just aren't doing. I, I don't know why it happens, but it is. So are you willing to give to your local church that's actually doing things that a lot of churches can't? For many of you, you're saying absolutely. I'm in. Let's grow. For the others of you, it's a concept that you've not even really considered. I, I, never thought about that. Now, there are some attitudes of generosity that I want to explain to you. And I'm just going to go through these very, very quick. Uh, But there are scripture references behind each one of them. First of all, generous givers, generous people actually give a full 10%. Scripture tells it. That's what we call the tithe. Also, generous people are people who give extravagantly. Uh, Jesus even received and praised the extravagant givers. Uh, Generous people also give sacrificially. 
Um, sometimes generosity is not comfortable, but when it's your lifestyle, you do the things that are not comfortable. You know, it's kind of like, it's not always comfortable to get up in the morning when your alarm goes off to go to work, but you still do it, right? It's because it's just your priority. Another one is that generous people give cheerfully. Even if it is sacrificial, you still give cheerfully because it comes from the deepest place in your heart, which is gratitude toward God. Now, if you ever want to do a generosity self-exam, you can do that on your own. You can do that this afternoon. There are two tools that are found on every one of your smartphones, and it's this. Uh, the truth of your generosity will be revealed in your bank register and on your calendar. You can pull it up and look at it right now. That'll show you where your heart is. And one of the things that we do every Sunday is we quote the scripture at the very beginning, which we did a moment ago that addresses our theme for this year, and it's Psalm 1. And and, and it's this image of a tree that Jesus keeps growing and growing, and it's generous in producing fruit. And, and the image of the tree, keep in mind, is us. That's us. Well, today I'm going to give everyone a min miniature tree. You are all going to get a bamboo tree today. Why? It's because bamboo is pretty cool. It's one of the fastest growing plants in the world. Uh, some types of bamboo can actually grow 98 inches in 24 hours. Now, not the ones I'm giving you today. I mean, th those aren't like the rapid, hyper-growing ones, but, but, but bamboo is pretty awesome. There's the compressive strength of bamboo is higher than wood, brick, or concrete. And its tensile actually rivals steel. Did you know that? Yeah. Bamboo is generously versatile. Bamboo uh, is used for weapons, it's used for food and medicine, it's used for furniture, rafts and utensils, it's used for writing surfaces and textiles and construction and decoration, and I even used it the other day for firewood when I was, when I was on, the, uh, on an island and I needed to find firewood to, to build fire, you know, because I have to have fire. And so, I burned bamboo. I found some. I was like, yes, yeah, it works good. It, bamboo weathers the seasons. It outlives the weaker, less established plants. It has a long life. Bamboo is, is actually, it is the most versatile, abundant, and generous plant in the world. So today I'm saying, why don't we try to make our lives like bamboo? Generous by nature, generous by design. In fact, I'm going to explain to you how you can establish generosity as a key identity in your life. Um, and it's just simply by learning how the tithe works. And I think the tithe is a perfect starting place for generosity. It's a great place to start. I've asked the ushers to distribute some giving worksheets to you. And I'm going to explain how the worksheets work, but they're, they're going to give these to you here. And, and as they're handing them out, guys, go ahead. They're, they're handing them out right now. There's a two-part form. And on this two-part form, uh, the top part which says giving worksheet, that's going to be yours to keep. I don't want to see the top part. That's you. That's just a worksheet. And the bottom part is a response card. It's perforated, so you'll be able to tear off the bottom part yourself. And, and I want to explain to you how to utilize this, because this, this giving worksheet is something that will help you. I, I know you guys are intelligent. You're smart people. And, and I just want to put a simple tool in your hand to show you uh, just to, because sometimes when you just see it on paper, it's black and white, it just makes sense. I, I want to show it to you. And, and uh, the top of the giving worksheet, as you see them here, the, first, the top of it says this. It says, um, you know, please can, uh, complete the top portion to determine your tithe. Keep this portion for yourself. Again, I don't want to see that. That's yours. So you write in the blank basically what you earn each year. What is your annual income? And take 10% of that, which means move the decimal point, you know, one, one little numeral to the left, and that's 10% of the above, and that is what the tithe is. 
the, the next question is how much do I earn in a given month? How much do I earn in a given month? And to, to calculate that and then to simply move the decimal point over, 10% of that is X numbers of dollars. And you might say, well, my, my money, it, it changes all the time or whatever. Well, then just, just put what the basic is. You know, some of you, you work by contract labor or you're a business person who, who you know, it's, just, it's on whatever's happening with the business. But still, you can put something in there. And then what I'm going to ask you to do, that's your giving worksheet. And then I'm going to ask you to complete the bottom portion as well. The bottom portion, uh, what you'll do with this, you're going to tear it off and place it in today's offering by just putting it in an offering envelope. You'll put, put it in an offering envelope in just a second. And, and when, the basket, uh, when the basket passes, you're going, to, um, you're going to just put it in the envelope along with any offering you may have. You'll put it in there today, and then we're going to pass out the bamboo right behind that. So, so you know, you, you give an offering, you get to take something. So during the offering today, everybody gets to take stuff. Uh, this is going to be kind of fun. <laughs> it is. It's like, like, yeah, we had the offering at City Life Center, and, they, and you got to, like, take stuff out. Yeah. As long as it's not money. Okay, guys, do not take money out. But, but uh, on this giving response card, it's simple. Just put your name, and then, and this is, this is my portion, and, and, and you basically are just going to say this. I, I commit to give generously by tithing for the remainder of the year, which is five months. August, September, October, November, December. Starting after this week, there are five months left in the year. I'm going to start giving generously immediately. And for the next five months, you just take that monthly tithe and you figure that out. And, and then for some of you who've already, you're, you're already tithing, I just encourage you to commit to giving even extra, maybe an extra percentage or possibly just an extra dollar amount. And that's, that's listed for you as well, like one of the two. Which, which would you be willing to do? Now, if you've, never, if you've never tithed before, now tithing is, like I said, the starting place. If you're a tither, uh, like many of you are, then, then, then just consider a little extra of, of what you can do. And that helps to enable your generosity actually in all areas of your life and it is significant and it works i'm telling you guys there are generous people among us and i know that in fact i'll just tell you some of you guys know this the most generous person in this church is actually right here in this room and it's not me uh, i'm gonna kind of embarrass the person but it's 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 this guy sitting over in the corner his name is jack jack is homeless Jack's been coming here every Sunday and gives an offering every Sunday. And you know what he does for a living? He doesn't have an ID. He can't work. We're working with him. We're working with him on a lot of things. What Jack does, he collects aluminum cans in town and in trash cans and recycles them and earns a little bit of money and brings a portion of that back to the house of God. Sorry, guys. I can measure it sometimes as a pastor, and I have to say he's the most generous man in the house. I, I tell him this a lot of times. You know I tell you this, Jack. I just say, say, Jack, hey, one of these days, man, uh, when we get to heaven, uh, I know you're going to have like this really, really cool big mansion, and will you invite me over? <laughs> will you let me come hang out with you? Because I want to see. Because I, I just know. I just know. And that's pretty awesome. In fact, right now, because of your generosity, we're able to help him out. In fact, it's in the, during these hot days right now, we have him in a motel where he's able to have air conditioning. We, we're able to make sure he has meals provided. I just handed him some more meal cards just a little bit ago and some, and, and some money just to help him keep going because Jack's not a beggar either. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's pretty cool. 
most generous man in the house. Love you, Jack. I believe in you. Here, I got to tell you, tell a little story on you, Jack. We we went to uh, we went to Waffle House the other day. Uh, I, I went and picked him up at the at the motel, and he was sitting in there in, in the lap of luxury, watching TV in an air conditioner. I said, "Hey, Jack, let's go get some food." They jumped out and. Uh, and it's like, ah, let's go. Like, how about Waffle House? Okay, good. Good. So we go over to Waffle House. I said, anything you want on the menu is yours. Anything. He's like, anything? It's like, yep. He goes, he just looks down the list. He goes for the most expensive item in the, in, in the, on the menu. He did, for real. <laughs> T-bone steak. He's like, can I have that? I went, of course you can. And, and, uh, and so he goes and orders a steak. And then the lady comes back and goes, oh, we're all out of T-bones. You know, I was like, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll have, I, I don't remember what, what he ordered after that, but it was just the next steak down. And, and so he ordered a steak and came back. And, you know, I'm eating a waffle and he's eating a steak. I'm just, I'm loving it. And the whole, the whole time, this guy is quoting scripture and he's, quoting biblical principles about generosity and about blessing. And he said, you know, it's okay for us to all be prosperous. We all need a little bit of prosperity every once in a while. As he cuts his steak and puts it in his mouth. I looked at him and thought, I've got a lot to learn from that boy right there. I do. I think we all do. And that's not a guilt trip on anybody. That's just our reality. I'm sorry, he beats you. He's most generous. He beats me. That's okay. That's okay. Just be friends with him. So he'll invite you to his mansion in heaven, okay? <laughs> Guys, I'm just telling you, we can all be generous. All it takes is just the decision and the priority to do so. I love you guys so much. But remember, the reason we do this is because of Jesus. So what Jesus has done, what Jesus is doing through us, what Jesus is doing in this city, oh my goodness, incredible things have happened in this community just because of what's happened here at this church. And... Um, Jesus is number one. It's all about him. It's never about money. It's about Jesus. And if uh, you want to know this Jesus that we talk about, you want a clean slate in your life, you want to put your past behind you, you want to live with a renewed sense of purpose, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. Well, everyone in this room, before we do about anything else, will you just close your eyes for a moment? focus internally and because I'm going to have a closing prayer and if you want to be included in this closing prayer to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life at the count of three I'm going to ask you to lift your hand because faith is when we respond outwardly to something that's happening inwardly so here we are you need Jesus one God loves you so much two he died for you so that you can have life three everything changes today would you lift your hand if you need Jesus today would you just lift your hand for me lift your hand for me I need Jesus would you pray with me Thank you. Who else? I need Jesus today. Will you guys all stand for just a second? And, and everybody stand. Because if, if, you, if, you, if you raised your hand, what I want you to do along with this whole congregation of believers is to pray these words with me. And here it is. Come on, pray these words with me, everyone together. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. Forgive my sins. I choose to live the abundant life of generosity. Thank you for your generous love that you've given to me. And I thank you in advance for the generosity you'll give me in eternity. In you, Jesus, I am blessed.
In Jesus' name, amen.